2: Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection Now, with your hosts, Nikki Leach and Richard Shields, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Everyday Connection Now. I'm Richard O'Shields, and just a little ways off to my left, Nikki Norlock. How are you, Nikki?
3: Woo, baby! <laughs> Life She's is smoking. good, brother. Life is good. Um, love that, too. Uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> what, a, an am- <laughs> what an amazing three days. I tell you what, um totally powerful revisiting my original novel truth and and being allowed to finally tell the real story behind that that novel has been a, a, a very empowering bit i've am been writing for three days straight forgive me please if i stumble today it's just because i'm a little woo. Um, but it's very empowering to be able to stand on my truth of truth it's so cool. I'm so excited. Uh, 50 pages in three days.
2: Wow. And I, these are 50 pages that included, you know, looking up verses and dates and names and meanings of names. and oh, yeah. And, and in the middle, we uh, went through and captioned, converted to black and white and captioned, uh, you know, I don't know, a dozen pictures from the Philippines uh, yes. to have available for this. New release of Truth. Truth. First novel. Your first, except. Which? (laughs) Well, the whole novel question's a whole. That's a novel way to look at it. Oh.
3: (coughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally a novel way to look at it. But the publisher is working on the photos as we speak. Uh, And uh, the last chapter is going to get edited tomorrow morning. And then everything's going to get sent off to the publishers. And we are right on track for our June 1st release date. In fact, we're ahead of schedule, which is
2: awesome. So the the newly updated and revised edition, mm-hmm. which even though it's the second edition is the third publication of the book, because yes you like to have fun with numbers, <clears throat> and yes you know something
3: about that three that magical three.
2: Third times the charm right and uh, right so absolutely had to had to sneak a third time in there because you did your original publishing company. And then grave distractions, and now the newly updated, revised. By the way, folks, this is the section of the program we call shameless self-promotion. Uh, besides, <laughs>
3: it's
2: what she's been doing for three days, and uh, it I, is.
3: I, I mean, that's it. I I wouldn't talk about it if I hadn't been doing it for three days. You know, oh, I know. that. I, mean, oh, that's I know. What we, our banter is always about what's going on in this now it. moment. This right. now moment is. I just finished. The last chapter like just 15 minutes before we came to airtime to record the show i just finished the last chapter
2: and she was like i, I just finished and uh, in the skype and she said oh well i guess that's good because we have a show in like 15 minutes huh but i got mm-hmm. i don't i don't who is what i got nothing over here do we have a show do we not and i'm like yes your writing head is on i've spoken to the
3: mm-hmm.
2: person this morning everything's i have bio and photo everything's fine
3: so can you tell me, because I'm very confused and I have no idea what day it is even, um, who is our guest tonight, Richard?
2: I, it, it's Monday, uh, but we didn't do a show okay. this morning. Folks got to listen to Lee and uh, Britt Elders again, because oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. And oh, see, we're like twins, we say that. Um, and we have with us this evening, this afternoon, the, but now... We have with us right now, Whitney. Uh, is it Freya? Yes, Freya. Very good. Awesome. And I love the name Whitney. I'll I'll uh, do my disclosure now. My my daughter's name is Whitney, so it's, I love that name.
1: Excellent. <laughs> I did not know that.
2: And uh, I, it slips by. That's
3: awesome. Here well, and there but that's okay. I I have absolutely Welcome. no idea what's going on today. Um, I might as well just get right to the question.
2: Just dive right in.
3: That's going to answer this, this. That'll straighten me out, right? <laughs> that's the plan. Always does. By the end of the show, I'll know exactly what I want to know. Whitney? Yes, Nikki? Who on earth are you and What do you do? <laughs>
1: I am a healer, and I help people align with their infinite creative selves through the modality of art making. And we have a lot of fun. We don't take ourselves seriously. And I work with mostly people who have uh, said previously, I can't even draw a straight line or I can't even draw a stick figure. And when I teach them how to access that uh, full-color energy that they have within them, they light up their um, sacred spark is ignited and um, they start creating the change that they want to see in their life. So it is a oh. blast.
3: <laughs> that sounds so completely yummy um, because you have no idea what I've been writing about for three days, but basically okay. I went to the Philippines and I found this group of children there and they belong to a children's home and the children's home, though it's Christian's children's home uses art and music mm-hmm. as part of their healing program. Wow. <laughs> how cool so is that? That's what I've been writing about for like three days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Welcome well, then, to the, the journey of a synchro mystic.
3: Exactly.
1: Absolutely. So you're, you're in the perfect space. Yes. I am. Totally.
3: So how did you get started? I mean, this sounds like the coolest job in the world. Well, almost close by. It's, it's equally as cool as our job, definitely. And so I'm curious, like, how did you tap into this? Well, um,
1: that's so fun because um, the way I tapped into it was one of those, you know, lightning bolt, aha-type moments. Um, I had grown up a wannabe artist um, who had completely bought into the belief system that I hadn't inherited that artistic DNA and was envious of all my friends who could paint and draw and I dabbled in um, things like you know knitting scarves you know all one color right with no pattern or beading uh, jewelry or you know doing crafty kinds of things so I, I felt like I was creative but that I would never be able to paint or draw and the connection that was made was The fact that real life, and at that point I was three years out of college, having graduated from the University of Michigan, and had been doing a direct sales job where I sold books door to door. So I was pretty sure that life was a lot more like a blank canvas than a multiple choice test, right? And I was reading a book, um, an amazing book called Zen and the Art of Making a Living, and the author, Lawrence G. Bolt, said that unless you adopt an artist mentality, you will not be able to create the life of your desires. And it's a it's an incredible book, and I was completely sold. But I wondered where one went to develop this artist mentality because I had um, tried to sign up for some you know like local community art classes the last couple of years. I was moving around a lot, and you know I didn't have 13 weeks in a row. I would never call right at the perfect registration time um, in college in order to take the fun sounding art classes that I felt maybe I could possibly. Handle. I had to take Drawing 101, 102, Painting 101, 102, and I was like, oh, I can't do that. You know, so it felt like the art making was, was kept on this pedestal and really reinforced this belief that you had to have that natural talent that produced art that people bought to make money in order to partake in this kind of education. So. I literally, um, about 16 months later, opened an art center called the Creative Fitness Center, and my vision was to be like the YMCA for the right brain. And um, and I still had not taken an art class. You know, I ordered all the wrong color paints to begin with for the classes that I offered through other teachers. You know, who came in and taught, and it has been an incredible journey. Since then, I learned right along with my students and blasted one limiting belief after another. And and then as I started to teach, because I was better at coaching um, my students who tended to be adults who were just like me, who'd always wanted to, you know, had this had this desire, this attraction to art making, but had also believed that they you know, couldn't do it for whatever reason. And I found that I was better at coaching beginners through the process of opening up and letting go of the self-judgment and criticism than some of the teachers that I worked with who had, you know, been born and bred with portfolios under their arms, right? So, um, and right away, you know, as I would teach, I would uh, explain parts of the painting process and immediately say to my class, you know, it's just like life, you know, when you uh, create change on the canvas when there's something that the canvas is asking for, um, it's very reflective. It's like a mirror for what your creative life needs. And so um, I started writing a book then in 1998, two years after I'd opened. And it was published in 2008. <laughs> so I have lots of respect for the writing and publishing process. And um, just ever since have just continued to even learn and expand more and more for myself the deep-rooted connection between validating and celebrating our creative ability and our whole expansion and um, realignment shift that we're undergoing right now. It's all connected. How about that? <laughs>
3: Sorry. Well, gotta, what do you started. say to that? I mean, really. right. <laughs> she just...
2: Tough act to follow.
3: Here. Okay, there's the show. Now we're done.
2: Thanks for Let's joining us. Go, go
3: home. Us. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. See you again next time. Uh, wow, cool, you're awesome. And thank you, I think, would be an appropriate phrase to use in this case for for doing and being and following your passion and taking that out into the world because, oh my goodness, does the world not need it right now? We really do. And and here's the thing. People come to me and they ask about this healing journey and they ask about how to get well and they, they, they want to know how, how to become whole, how to find their passion, how to find their purpose, how to find their power. And they expect me to tell them that it's going to be hard and that there's a whole bunch of work that they're going to have to do Mm. and a whole bunch of stuff that they're going to have to figure out and that it's going to take them a lifetime to get there. And certainly it's going to take you a lifetime to get somewhere, but there is not anywhere really that we're headed that we need to be. It's supposed to be about the experience. And why would you dive into experience of hard work and taking a close look at and hard look at myself and changing the things that I need to change. If you could just learn to, through the use of artistic expression, be it painting, writing, creation in all forms, if you could just use those tools to find out who you are and then just take that you and share that with the world, wouldn't that make it easier? So much easier and so much more fun, because he wants to do all the hard work
1: right, and you've touched on such an exciting um, truth that we're remembering right now is <laughs> that is that that energy of joy and that childlike enthusiasm that's that's the energy you want to follow that's the thumbs up from your higher self from your divine you that you are on the right track and you know, we all got to experience um, the contrast, which was that, you know, if things were too silly or too fun, um, you know, you weren't being responsible enough or, or pipe down, you know, settle down. And, uh, and that is what slowly but surely made us distrust that joyful, um, just bubbly, you know, enthusiasm and to say that that, you know, okay, so that's fine for children, but now, you know, now I've got to get to work, Right. And so oh,
3: yes. we, we get serious, a whole bunch yeah. of serious stuff going on here. Got serious. as far as serious, as exactly. as serious.
1: Exactly. So all those really fun, joyful, exciting, giddy things that we used to do, we kind of swept under the rug because we felt like we were um, modeled that that was the way to be safe, right? That that's the way we were going to be able to take care of ourselves and our families. And, and and i believe again just like a good piece of art has lots of contrast you know we chose to create that reality so that now like just now just in the last even couple of years we get to remember like oh yeah <laughs> actually <laughs> the things that make me happy are are my like divine path you know that's that's the mountain that i get to climb this is the adventure the journey and and the more time i spend and that excited, you know, bug-eyed was what I called it. You know, that 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 light from within that people have when they're when they're really turned on. That is our work, quote unquote. You know, that's that's our um, that's our goal is to follow that, not suppress it to you know keep everything nice and orderly and in the right columns. So um, so I love that, and I love that about my work because um, I get to encourage and and give permission to people to let that out. It's huge. And the first the first threshold is always that inner critic. You know? And and
4: when you
3: said oh, that Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Damn.
1: Yeah, that's right. And and when you when you mention that people asking you, you know, how do I get whole? What how do I heal? The first thing I would say is to is to let go of that inner critic that is um, been so dominant for so many of us and and again so I teach this in front of the canvas right um, that inner critic shows right up <laughs> and instead of having to you know learn how to settle the inner critic um, you know in our relationships or parenting or our, our you know goals um, for our life's work we get to just practice it while we're standing in front of a painting that we're painting you know, that doesn't really matter, right? And so it, it creates this microcosm where we're able to learn, oh, this is what it feels like to silence that inner critic and just say, go for it. Or, wow, I really like that I did that. Or this, I really am excited to change here, right? And so we practice that um, silencing of that, that um, inner critic in front of the canvas, and then it ripples out into your life. You don't even have to, you know, work hard to try and, and be more positive on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> what I've found is that when we do that um, anywhere, it, it's like a muscle. That's where the Creatively Fit comes from. You know, we break those neural synapses, those um, critical neural synapses, and create new ones in front of the canvas, and then that spills out into everything. So it's a lot more fun way. <laughs> to do that than, um, than beating ourselves oh, yeah. up for I being mean, so
3: critical, you know. You can certainly use things like affirmations to retrain your brain. It, right. It's a known fact. You can use prayer. You can use meditation. You can use all of those t- tricks and tools, and whatever works for you is great and fantastic and wonderful, and I will not place judgment on which is better than any other like whatever methodology works is great this one however i find to be more fun that's just my approach to life if i'm going to come and do this physical thing if i'm going to be god essentially having a physical experience that i know what it means to be physical Mm -hmm. then i'm going to do it in the most entertaining way possible because (laughs) i can why would I do it any other way? That would be silly. And now I have done it the other way. I tell you what, it's not that <laughs> much <a> fun. <laughs> it's not that much fun. This, this beating up of self, y'all need to let go of that because that's just going to get you nowhere. Um, and, and to be honest, artistic expression is to me, like you said, the fast track to a complete sense of self-worth and well-being mm-hmm. I do not know any faster way for a human being to connect to their higher self or to the divine essence that is within them that's awesome it just works it just works it works it does work it works so
1: tremendously it's been 17 years that i've been doing this and i and i train creatively fit coaches all over the world and take them on a very intimate journey with me through this process and and it's incredible it's still every day i get to talk to one of them and we have you know these different phone calls and i'm just amazed at the ripple effects of this work still you know it's still it's like really it's this fun and easy Really? I mean, I still am amazed by it, and it is, um, it's, and, and another thing that really blew me away uh, a couple years ago when I was um, studying with Kimberly Arana, um, who's a spiritual coach, she's at unshakablesoul.com, and we were talking about the Celtic tradition of the three cauldrons, um, which is uh, related to the three selves, and um, the, 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 say the first self is the child self, and then there's the adult self and the um, higher self. And what she explained to me from that tradition is that the child self still has a direct line to that higher self. The adult self only can communicate to the child self and therefore the higher self, right? So, so that whole concept that we've heard over and over about, again, about connecting to your inner child, Right. And, and everything we just said about joy and happiness, connecting to that child self is your direct access to your higher self. You have to go that way. You can't rationalize or logical use your logical mind or discipline yourself to access that higher self, right? You I'm going to
2: force this thing to <laughs> settle down and communicate with me. <laughs>
3: exactly. Wait, here, open your mouth so I can shove this truth down your throat. Yes. Yes, yes that's child. what I've been doing for for a long time. <laughs>
1: right. So that got me really excited because I'm like, that's that's why the art making works because as kids we all scribbled and drew and painted and finger painted and we all did. We all loved everything we made. And so when I reconnect people to that through the colors and the texture and you know the mess. That's how they connect to that back to that child, which therefore always ends up
4: connecting them to their higher self. And
1: it is a blast to watch that relationship get reenergized and, and the changes that happen as a result. It's powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. It is I,
2: powerful stuff. Because I, I, I don't remember being that age, but I remember other children being the age where they'll bring you a picture. There was a tree on the blank page, and they've just. I mean, scribbled all over everywhere. There's no rhyme or reason to the stuff. And then they, you know, it doesn't follow the lines. It doesn't really look like a tree. It looks like a scribbles. But they bring it to you with this light shining, like, look what I did.
4: Yeah.
2: There's no judgment about it doesn't look like a tree. And you almost can't even judge it as an adult and looking I, at it when you feel that. And I want to point
3: out something. Because she, she mentioned Celtic, and, of course, one of our favorite returned guests that we just keep having back is, is David Cole, our, our Celtic Christian. And um, while you're speaking, Whitney, I'm over here giggling because the title <laughs> of my book is called, is called Truth, which is really funny. And um, mm-hmm. I did a whole chapter on threes, which I'll read for you when we're done because you're going to get a real kick out of that.
0: Mm. Because you've
3: mentioned three a lot so far in the show. Um, but okay. t- tying, tying together the the book, your visit, the divine timing of your visit, the, the synchronicities that are going on in the first like twenty minutes of the show, um and, and your your expression of the need to seek out this childlike quality and connecting that back to the teachings of Jesus that we talk about that I talk about so often in the show and in the book. Um Jesus said and this is Matthew nineteen fourteen. And I don't often quote scripture on this show, but I have to, just have to bring this one up because if you don't believe what we're saying, if you're one of those hardcore Christians who's like, yeah, that truth isn't in the Bible, they're lying. <laughs> I would like to remind you, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Mm-hmm. He was yes. trying to explain it. It's right there in the innocence Of the child if we could watch them learn from them emulate them because they are more closely connected to to the divine than any other being on the planet children they get it and so when we try to get all serious and and grow up and be responsible we lose that connection to the divine and artistic expression allows us to find that again it frees us to be able to express that.
4: Yes.
1: And that element, when you say it frees us, you know, because you can picture, and there was that, um, that story of the Hallmark executive that went around and visited different schools, you know, and, and he talked about how when he asked the kindergartners, how many of you are artists? You know, all of their arms would shoot up, and by the time he got to fourth fifth grade, there'd be one or two arms that would shoot up with that same question. And so we were free as children, and then we slowly but surely kind of wrapped these different beliefs around our expectations or fears, right? Fear of not doing it right, not being good enough. Mm-hmm. and And then, as adults now, today, right now, any of you can choose to Free yourself from, you know, just wrapping, getting all wrapped up in all of those false beliefs that told you that, you know, you weren't creative or that being too happy was not going to get you what you wanted. And so that's the beautiful balance is, you know, it's like this, I don't know, bell curve or something where um, now you get to free yourself from everything that pulled you away from that, that fired up, excited, childlike enthusiasm. And now with the awareness of this adult world, right, you can negotiate your day and your you know, future as you create it step-by-step step with the awareness of the power of that childlike energy as an adult with the benefit of hindsight, right? Um, and that's exciting.
4: That and is, is exciting. exciting.
1: I feel like I was actually out on my back porch watching the um, Ruby Moon last Whenever that was last week, um, dancing to Katy Perry, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and and contemplating like, okay, so how do I explain to people that I feel like I'm getting younger every year? Like I don't feel like I'm growing up. Like the growing up, uh, you know, paradigm doesn't really fit. It's like I'm having more and more fun, and it's giving myself permission to do that is
3: the key. Right? Totally, it's,
1: totally. It's not. It's not being like okay. Someone's going to think I'm crazy if they saw me dancing on my back porch watching the full moon. It's like, I don't care. They should be out there dancing, you know, watching the full moon. I mean, it's, so it's a, it's a slow, and I'm coming at this from a point of being in a state of reprogramming, right? It's, it's realizing, why did I just feel guilty about that? Okay, I know why, and I'm going to choose not to anymore. It's a daily practice.
3: Oh, absolutely. It is. And that's, that's the beauty of it, is that it's a choice. Mm-hmm. We live in a free will zone here on planet Earth. We, we have the choice in every now moment to decide, do we want to live a happy full life or do we want to live a life of fear and lack? Well, I'm not into fear and lack anymore. Thank goodness I didn't grow up. I grew young. I feel like you, that every, every year that I get to experience this amazing journey, I feel like I'm growing younger. And that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm going to be the youngest 100-year-old woman on the planet just bouncing around going, woohoo, life's awesome. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to stop saying that because it is. And that's what comes from using art. And in my case, for the most part, it's the written word. But I do paint. I do make videos. I do, you know, artistic. Expression and creation is just a part of who I am. I cannot escape it. It's in everything that I do. It's in the right. show. It's, it, it's in every waking moment. And I think that that is why I'm getting younger, because I live a life of creative energy. That's yes. what I do. Yeah, I create stuff, and it's fun. And,
1: and what I would say, too, um, because... I mean, ultimately, everything is creative. Everything has the potential to be creative. You know, just the words that we choose to say, um, we know have a lot of creative power, right? You can create all kinds of things from your words, (laughs) just that and your thoughts.
3: Oh, Um, yeah.
1: And then the other thing is even as creatives, and, and this was something I learned speaking to a group of highly creative people in San Diego, California, and they said, you know, I'd never thought of just, doing something in my sketchbook or on the canvas purely to reconnect to that childlike energy or to reconnect with the now, you know? So, so if ever you were feeling low energy, something had pulled you off center, you know, felt frustrated or, you know, any of those funky feelings that we all flirt with from time and again, I would say you can literally pull that piece of junk mail, flip it over, and spend the next five minutes just doodling or pulling out your watercolors and spilling water on the paper and then dropping the color in and watching that for five minutes.
0: You know, that
1: is the way this is energy work in that you can do something with typical art supplies for as little as five minutes and completely change um, the energy that you're experiencing if something just you know threw you off balance um, then that will bring you back. And, and that is so accessible and so much fun. And, um, you know, it, it produces basically the same brainwaves as meditation does. Um, and they found that, that creative and meditative activity produces the same brainwaves. Um, but for those of us who are doing, doing, doing all the time, it can be easier to do, you know, watercolor for five minutes than to sit down in five minutes and meditate. So, uh, so it's a really accessible everyday tool. Um, I just finished, in January, I launched the 21-Day uh, Painting Meditation Challenge. And that was a daily video just of me painting with watercolor very abstractly and lovely music. There's no voice, no teaching. It was just an invitation every day for people to spend five to eight minutes. You know, I videoed the exact painting that I was doing that was the length of the song, and people did it for 21 days. And I had so many fun emails that I received about how they're still painting and how they reconnected the parts of them that um, they had been wanting to for years, how they'd spent so many years, so much of their life, believing that they couldn't, that they couldn't, you know, use art, right? And um, and that was an absolute blast. And so for the length of a song and a, a set of watercolors from the grocery store, you know, you can really change some energetic um, programming within you in, in a super fun way.
3: And I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because when I heard you say painting and then I heard you say after it meditation, I was hoping that you would connect the two because Mm -hmm. so many people still think that meditation is this thing where you have to go into this Mm -hmm. quiet space and you have to sit with your legs crossed and be still and try to stop thinking.
4: And
2: yeah. that's not that was
3: meditation at all.
2: One of my early excuses is that I couldn't sit in the full lotus position. So I was just going to have to do something else with meditation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> meditation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Silly. I'm in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: right. But that's well, not I- what meditation is. It's Meditation comes in so many different shapes and forms. Meditation really is just focusing your energies into a certain direction that allows you to connect to the divine within. And painting certainly does that.
1: Yes. And I would say the first step to opening up to meditation is to understand the value of creating blank space within your mind, within your psyche, right? That that's ultimately the goal of meditation is to take a break from the monkey mind and the routine and and give yourself, your inner self, a chance to just be. It's like wiping the slate clean. It's, it's just like you know, cleaning off the piles on the counter that have been accumulating. It gives you this new sense of freedom and possibility because you've, you've just kind of done some spring cleaning in your mind. You, you understand the value of taking a part of your day to just allow your mind to expand without any deadlines, any, you know, protocol or step-by-step step and just just let your mind go without controlling it. That is meditation. And so whatever, you know, that's when the Zen Buddhism says, you know, everything becomes meditation. When you understand that that's the goal, it can be just walking or doing the dishes or... knitting or cooking or writing anything can be meditation when you understand that the goal is to detach from that you know result oriented time laden um format of being that most of us have to do so much of during the day and so to balance that with that open space you know the blank canvas and just just not do for a second and um And and therefore, you know, you can be doing other things with the intention of allowing your mind to just, you know, take a breather and expand and and see what happens.
3: Absolutely. I like that. Meditating every day, all day. Why not? Once you figure it out, once you know what you're doing, Mm -hmm. everything you do is an opportunity.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I
3: love that you brought it up. It's, 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 you know, thank you, because we mentioned it so many times on the show, and the more people we get coming on here from different walks of life, and different teachings, and different practices, and different professions, saying the same thing, then hopefully people will get it, you know, it'll, it, it'll catch on, and, and people will go, oh yeah, that makes sense, because it does make sense. It makes total and complete sense. Right. Right, so this is just coming to me.
1: So this is just coming to me. So imagine that your life, your world, as you know it, is a painting, right? So, so everyone could maybe imagine a painting that they're familiar with. You know? So Sorry, Starry Night or you know, Picasso or a painting that you have hanging on your wall, right? And, and so we're in that painting, and when we're in it, we feel like this is the only way it can be. This is this is the only thing I know. This is the only thing I see. And what meditation does is it gives us the ability to take a step back, you know, step out of our story, step out of our painting and look at it objectively and say, Well, wait a second, I don't I think this blue over here should be a lot lighter. <laughs>
0: You
1: know, or, or, you know, Bob Ross, you know, pick some birds, paint some friends, you know, a bridge there instead of that, you know, that cliff. Or, you know, what do I want in my art? It's not, I'm so close but, to it, that I can't see it. Like, I am the creator of my reality. So, so the meditation and the way, you know, everything that I'm doing with my clients is giving them permission to take a step back, we become the artist of the painting rather than stuck in it and observe it and observe what is making you happy and what isn't, what's giving you energy and what's not and create the change you want in that image and then hop back in. Like,
2: you can, <laughs> you can take that spot up in the sky that you thought was a mistake. And with a flick of the wrist, it's a bird, right? exactly. What That guy does, right? <laughs> he says, oh, it's not, we'll make it a bird. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just saw that on Facebook, right? So when, oh, you know, Morning, nice happy yeah, um, it speaks great truth, right? Um, from beyond. Yeah. Um, but that's the you know, and I've had clients, for example. Um, I remember one woman saying how she had been just debating for months and months, and her and her husband back and forth, and just all this tension around this decision about where to move. And in the process of going through my painting program, she realized, just like in the painting, that it's layers. And if she doesn't like a layer or something in a layer, she just paints over it. You don't have to stress about it or beat yourself up about it or
3: or get stuck there. You just paint
1: over it. And she's like, okay, so we can move. You know, she goes, I keep wanting to move to Miami. We can move to Miami. And if I don't like it, we'll move somewhere else. You know, and it was like this freedom. like, wow, I don't have to do it right the first time you know it's not um a life or death thing i can continue to create um amidst whatever decisions i'm making or things that i'm doing it's not an etched or granted and so that is that is kind of you know real life um, examples that, that people are able to have, you know, detaching, that, that subject of detachment is such a great one. You know, detaching from the right or wrong, that heaviness of feeling like the world is on your shoulders and observing and then learning to follow what makes you happy, right? Like we would never paint anything or hang a painting on the wall that made us like shiver with like, whoa, that's so hideous.
2: Of so, <laughs> that so thing bad. again. It's,
1: yeah,
4: we've
2: never.
1: Never. never do that. You <laughs> no, hang things up that make you happy, and that's the same thing that we get to do and be aware of with our thoughts and our actions. Do that thing that, that brings you energy. Keep going that direction. Ugh, so much fun.
2: Right on. Well, we've just about reached our halfway point. Um, wow, quick Time flies when you're having fun It sure uh,
4: does
2: But uh, we'll break for I What, Miracle Walking?
3: Um, yeah, fire, that works
2: Miracle Walking Absolutely Our dear friend Nina V with her song Miracle Walking And uh, we'll be right back So stick with us folks Hmm
4: Thank mm-hmm. you.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Again, that was our dear friend Ina V with her song, Miracle Walking, extended edition, even though it kind of like stops right at the end. But um, yeah. you can find out for yourself at com. That's E-N-A-V-I-E dot com. Yay. Ina V. She's got lots of cool stuff.
3: She does. And the song's so appropriate, really, yeah, for yeah. today. Our guest, She's for, a miracle for everything walking. that we're talking about,
2: mm-hmm. it's.
3: So appropriate, really.
2: We get those synchro mystic yeah. occurrences, being a couple of synchro mystics.
3: It has we invented been, that. Definitely.
2: We invented that on the back of the show, or, or, or we were either on the air of the morning show or in the back in the you know green room during commercial. <laughs> synchro well, mystics.
3: It made sense at the time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it did.
1: Well, and that synchronicity, you know, is such a result of the more we, you know, access our higher self. Or when I'm working with my clients, when we're talking about right left brain, and when we give our right hemisphere more of the platform, when we give it more energy and more validation, which we do through the art making, and one of the results is most dramatically. Uh, serious increase in the synchronicities that happen in your life um, because it's not the logical, right? It's not the logical side and the logical mind will discount those synchronicities, but the right brain is like a, um, a beacon for them. And and so we talk a lot about you know, following the clues and the coincidences and the synchronicities and it becomes so much fun. It's like every day is a treasure hunt. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's so true so true
1: so i thought i would share i wanted to share we were talking a little bit in the break about uh, my last name freya and i thought i would share the synchronicities around that because it was tremendous on many levels so hopefully i'll be able to communicate it in in a linear fashion that you can all follow but um what happened is i um uh, divorced, as of a couple years, and and contemplating the name factor, um, I really was overwhelmed with the feeling of, you know, my maiden name would feel like going backwards, almost like a past life, right, with old energy. And, and I definitely had a desire to um, honor and commemorate this new chapter um, with the symbol that is my name. And Um, And so I decided that I was going to name myself. And, of course, in my world, that's an invitation to wait and see how that name comes up, right? Um, You don't sit there and figure out which name (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. is going to find you. It has to find you. And so it actually found me through a woman um, in a bead store in a town about an hour from where I live. And it was the first time I had been in there. And I was just making conversation with her at the checkout and I noticed the business card was Phyllis dancing hands, you know, Smith. And, uh, so I said, is this your card? Are you Phyllis? She goes, well, I go by dancing hands. It's a name that my, um, it was like a native American, um, uh, elder had given her and I'm like, Ooh, I'm waiting for a new name too. You know? And she's like, you know what what's that about and and somehow we had just been talking about a celtic festival that was coming up that had uh, a postcard right there on her desk as well and she just pulled out a paper and started writing down um you know Whitney Bridget Bridget Freya Whitney Freya she was like you should be Whitney Freya and it was it was that moment of recognition and remembering right it's like yes that is the name And so that was in, like, October, say, of um, 2012. And in December, I was at um, a retreat. And in a workshop um, where I was partnered with two other women, we were asked to create a symbol. And we created the symbol that was formed when you take two hearts and you – point the, the tips towards each other, you know, so the, the point at the bottom, and you point those towards each other, and then overlap it until there's a diamond formed in the middle. And that symbol so struck us all, and none of us had ever seen it before, because it's two hearts, it's two infinity signs on top of each other. You know, we were joking about, like, where's the tattoo place? And I mean, it was this <laughs> really, really profound experience. And I was also in the process of creating a new line of art and spiritual product called Archual, which the first um, product was a line of sacred symbol stencils, which is now available. They're Archual sacred symbol stencils. So all of my work, um, this last layer, you know, the last couple of years has been heavily focused on the language of symbols. And how I and so many other people believe or know that another way that our higher self communicates to us is through symbols. And when your eye is attracted to something, you know, um, out of the ordinary, there's a reason for that. And you can look at the symbolism and, and gain insight and awareness there. So, so this double heart symbol just really spoke to us. So that was in December 2012. In March 2013, I'm on the phone with. Um, My branding goddess in Portland, Michelle Wurda, and she is searching symbols for Freya because um, obviously logo and, and another stencil and all of that. So we're on the phone and she's texting me things and she texted me a symbol. She goes, here's an interesting one. And I look at my phone, the picture comes up and I kid you not, it was the exact same double heart symbol clearly labeled Freya's symbol and I was just I almost dropped to the floor I was like you are kidding me right because here I am like you know promoting and developing this whole training around um, helping people to recognize and tune the sacred symbols and I've just taken the name of this Norse goddess you know which um, takes a certain amount of you know just Swallowing the need to say I wasn't trying to name myself after a Norse goddess or anything, and and then here <laughs> comes this symbol as like this flaming, you know, validation for everything, for all of it. It absolutely, absolutely blew me away. So um, those synchronicities, right, are are an incredible way that um, we're able to communicate and just know on these more subtle levels um, that. Whether we're on the right track or or there's something else that we're supposed to tune into, right? We can get kind of laser beam focused, and, and spirit higher self may want to open us up to another possibility or a, or a side trail on the journey, and um, and symbols are a way to do that. So so Freya has, has found me and and um, validated, given me permission, and and all through this crazy symbol experience. It was, it was wild. Have either of you tapped into or had this experience
4: with symbols or <laughs> images? Or... <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, that would be a yes. That would just be a small yes.
3: Um, okay well yeah because we're going there so we might as well here's, 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 the, way this, here's the way this works Whitney Freya and I'm going to ask you in a minute about this Norse goddess because I think um, who she is and what she represents is probably important to the story as well the entire journey that is truth is based on a synchronistic journey that I took of following symbols, names their meanings, Um, it is quite possibly the most intense series of synchronistic experiences that I have ever heard of. In fact, people in our business, our line of work, have have read the book, the original book in its entirety, and looked at me and gone, there's no way. There's no way that all of that happened. And so when we decided to release it this year, I had originally written it as a novel because I didn't think anybody would believe it. Um, When we decided to re-release it this year, we decided to release it as a true story, which it is. And the entire book is all about that moment of letting go, that moment of let go, let God, and just follow the signs. And it explains how all the signs come. It explains how synchronicity works. It's right there in your face. You can't deny it. It is a reality. It is a truth. It's the way it works. It's the best way to live your life. It just makes it easy because, isn't it awesome to just have confirmation drop drop into your lap, to have, you know, yeah. the universe send you a sign and it says, yeah, you're on the right track. Keep going. And, and so that, that's why this this show today is so bloody funny to me and so much fun because here you are, and I didn't know who you were. I didn't know anything about your work. We scheduled you, like, what, a month ago or something crazy like that? We didn't even know a month ago that I was going to be re-releasing my book. We had George, no idea. George knew. This, is, this is, could George not have been... We didn't do this. We no. didn't plan this. It Indeed. just happened. This is how synchronicity works. This show today, with everything that you're saying and everything that you're talking about, that is really a confirmation of the book that I just finished the last chapter on, 15 minutes before we started talking, that is how synchronicity works. It's the perfect wrap-up, confirmation example of how, how it all works. And I can't thank you enough for being here and being part of it because it's awesome. It's, it's just so much fun. Yes. That's
1: awesome. I
2: love it. Yeah. How it works. And, how it works. And, of course, the Freya, the Norse, comes from the same word, the old Norse word for lady, the lady.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah she's
4: like um, it's
2: almost like the Lady of the lake, very similar
3: ah yes yeah there
1: there's some pretty saucy elements to Freya's story and, you know, she's she's a bit of a Venus archetype um, as well as, as a uh, a woman who is not afraid to go after what she wants um, she's also uh, responsible for escorting the lane warriors on the battlefield to the afterlife. So she's a bridge from death to life. And and I really absolutely love that. Um, the whole metaphor of a bridge has been one that has been huge for me. Um, she's also, and this is probably my favorite, she's also where we got the day Friday from. Friday comes from, from Freya. And how much fun is that? So it. It's our TGIFF, you know. Um, It is fun uh, because
3: I started writing my uh, three days of writing started on Friday.
1: Right, exactly. So that whole day that, you know, everybody looks forward to and, you know, there's still some work there, but you do it in a fun way on Friday. You have permission, you know, to dress down and to... Schedule your your lunches and, and do all the fun work on Friday. So I love that about Freya, and um and she is, um she's someone for me personally that, you know, when I get, uh, nervous or afraid, you know, I I made a tremendous leap of faith when I um, left my marriage, and um and there's you know all kinds of things that I can get. Uh, Tangled up in, and all I have to say, say to myself, is that you know Whitney Freya has got this. There is, there is like this warrior energy inside that name now that that is such a driving force or um, sustaining force for me that has been really powerful. And so, as a symbol, you know, as an energy that that name embodies, it has been a really incredible experience. Merging with that, right at this point. So, um, and I just love, you know, the balance between the the power and the, you know, the warrior and her leadership and the bridge, and then Friday. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and that symbol. I mean, I have I have sat and meditated on that symbol, and. Um, you know, I do a lot of work with the elements as well. And um, when you look at the symbol, which we'll have to have a link here somewhere, if you all are listening to this, but, um, you know, I picture it spinning. And um, there's a lot of Merkaba energy. There's a lot of the duality, non-duality energy. Where, when it comes together and forms a diamond in the middle, it's like the four elements creating the wholeness, right, the healing, and getting you to that treasure, in your middle, in the center, when you're aligned with your truth. And um, it just continues to unfold and speak to me on a daily basis. It's been really incredible.
3: So it's that is amazing. It's, just, it's <laughs> such a cool story. It's just such a cool story. I love it. I love it I love
1: too.
3: It. Symbolism, <laughs>
2: goddess names, you know.
1: Goddess, the whole goddess thing, you know, years ago when, um, when maybe we first started seeing a lot of, you know, books and things um, on the goddess, you know, maybe back in, I don't know, this could have been early uh, 2000, you know, mid 90s, at least for me is when it started kind of crossing the threshold. And, and I um, felt a real resistance to it. Um, you know, I'm like, okay, so, you know, all these goddess energy, you know, it's for, um, you know, women trying to get their groove back or, you know, whatever that is. And, and I really did not feel um, attracted to it at all. And then a couple years later, like in an instant, when I read somewhere that the number 13 had traditionally been associated with the divine feminine and that it had been turned into a number of bad luck in order to, you know, take energy away from the divine feminine, right? And in that moment, when I read that, I just, like, I did a complete slip because I got so angry that I had been unknowingly feeding the the energy that was invalidating the divine feminine by um, by believing that 13 was bad luck. You know, it's one of those kind of, quantum moments where all these different things came together. And I was like, how dare they put something in my, you know, knowledge that (laughs) unknowingly I was validating that. Right. And so, so I went to an immediate switch. And at the time I had been painting owls for about a year, Um, painting owls to the point that I really couldn't imagine why anyone anywhere would ever want to paint anything but an owl. You know, I couldn't, I could not not paint owls. And so um, I was doing a workshop with an incredible singer-songwriter, Mitten Sparks, in Nashville, and we were doing these story cards. And it's where you tear images out of a magazine, just tear a nice stack of images, and then, without even thinking about it, just divide them into three piles. You know, just kind of group the ones that look like they go together until you have three piles, and then you put them together in a card, like a collage. And so I had this one that had this very goddess, um, sacred, you know, ancient energy to it, right? And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm just going to see what happens when you Google the goddess of art. Okay? You know, I didn't want to figure it out too much. I just wanted to know who came up when you Googled the goddess of art. So who comes up right away, of course, is Athena. Athena. <laughs> and who does Athena always have on her shoulder, Owl. The owl. So I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. (laughs) This divine feminine, which of course is the Shakti, is the creative energy of the universe, which is all things I've learned in the years. Um, The owl, the owl was there to help illuminate for me this divine feminine energy that I had been keeping in the dark. And and that was the beginning of the next level of my own journey, which... um, you know, when I reclaimed my divine feminine, it, it became very hard to um, submit or mute myself to keep other people comfortable, which inevitably led to Whitney Freya. <laughs> so so oh. I'm down with the goddess now. <laughs> I, am, I am learning as much as I can and um, remembering these divine feminine qualities that we all have that just like everything we were talking about that just haven't been taught is like, yes, you're going to grow up and be productive and get good health care. And you're going to find abundance and joy and even the smallest things. And you're going to protect, you know, justice and you're going to act on behalf of those who can't. And, you know, all these divine feminine goddess archetypes that just, I wasn't taught growing up, you know, I wasn't told to aspire to those things or to recognize those things in me. um,
4: it's powerful. It's exciting. Yeah, and it really it's,
2: is. It's silly that they don't teach those things. They're kind of cool stuffs, really. You <laughs> do not want to teach that, but
4: yeah, yeah. of course, it's
2: kind of like the in in uh, uh, up in Sweden in the Nordic images when the uh, uh, Christianization occurred, like it happened in so many places. They they actually took a bunch of. Uh, Images of Freya and um, and places where her name was used, and flowers and things, and replaced it with Mary for the Virgin Mary,
4: mm-hmm.
2: which you know, kind of, you take the mm-hmm. goddess of fertility and sexuality and make her a virgin. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some. Wouldn't, wouldn't know
2: anything about patriarchal rewriting of history or anything, but.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which you know is kind of ironic. You know, I was just in Italy for a month and um, went into a lot of churches and saw a lot of mosaics and you know witnessed a lot of uh, the Catholic Church. Obviously, you know its foundation. And and what's funny about that now is that Mary, Saint Mary, Virgin Mary, the Mother Mary is everywhere. Even almost more so than Jesus. God. I mean, and so it it struck me as ironic, having you know spent time the last couple years really learning more about the divine feminine and the goddess archetypes and how they're all related, that um, that that the the Catholic Church or that not not even wanting to obviously put words in the Catholic Church's mouth, but you know that there would be this resistance to the Divine Feminine when Mary is, is worshipped all over, <laughs> and certainly all over <laughs> Italy. It's, it's, it's like, you all maybe think that you know the Goddess and the Divine Feminine isn't um, something you need, but yet you've got her
3: everywhere. And that's, again, But they, they, the power of the well, symbols. Essentially what they Well, essentially what they did is they took the Divine Feminine and they divided her in half. So they took all of the things that they considered to be a threat to the patriarchal power structure of the church. It's, it's very basic. It's very simple what they did. All the things that they considered to be a threat to, to their position of power, and they put that all into Mary Magdalene and called her a whore, because that made sense. And then they took all of the aspects that they refer to as, as, as the perfection of the feminine. So purity and, and chastity and, and, and loyalty and all of those things, you know, um, to, to be subservient. All of those qualities, they poured them into this woman and then they raised her up as the perfect example of what it means to be a woman in the hopes that women would continue to strive to attain that which is essentially unattainable. Because you know, and I know, that women, as we are now, and as we have always been, are a complete unified force of those different aspects of the Divine Feminine. You cannot take certain elements of the divine feminine and just take them out and remove them and say, oh, yes, okay, well, women are going to be like this because that's what we don't want. It's not going to happen. I mean, they tried. And you've got to give them credit. They, they made a good go of it. So that's okay. Good, good job, guys. You know, way to... You know, I, I, I'm proud of them. They made it work really for a hard. long time. They did try really hard. But there is no way that that was ever going to stand as a truth. It's impossible for it to remain a truth. And the church now is, is starting to recognize that. I mean, goodness gracious, on Thursday, the Pope did the unthinkable.
2: Mm. He did. He washed, you know, he always washed feet, you know, on Monday, Thursday uh, before Good Friday. And, and it was always in the past, uh, priests. And of course, last year he broke with tradition and went and washed a bunch of prisoners' feet at a, a prison. And uh, this year, there were several women whose feet that he washed, and, and that's been not okay to the pope to wash a woman's foot. You know, that's. And he was like, "Yeah," and it, several women and a Muslim man were among yeah. the the twelve whose feet he washed Thursday. Well,
3: that's because the thing.
4: All
1: right,
3: you, you finish. Well, the, the Divine Feminine will not be denied.
1: Exactly. It is
3: It is a half of the whole. Just like we cannot live without the Divine Masculine, we also cannot exist and flourish without the Divine Feminine. So she will rise, whether people like it or not. It just is.
1: Well, exactly. And just because, you know, the patriarchal system, paradigm, put Mary up there as, you know, everything you said, right? As half. The thing is is you can't no one you can't take something that's sacred. You can't take a sacred symbol like Mary, for example. Not that you know, but the symbol of Mary and then tell people, Oh, she's just half of that. You know, like she's still there fully representing the divine feminine, just waiting for the rest of us to catch up and remember, right? So so when all of these energies change and shift, there she will be, you know, and, and the Mary Magdalene energy will, will all come along with that. So, you know, for example, the one of the sacred symbols I work with is the triple spiral, um, which is closely related, related to the Triskelian symbol in the Celtic tradition. Um, it's the symbol of intuition and motherhood it was one of the like the symbols from you know 24000 BC carved in the cave in Newgrange that worshiped the divine feminine the goddess and i could tell someone that the triple spiral you know hanging here in my studio was a symbol of, of progress in industry that wouldn't mean that all of a sudden that symbol would start um, emanating that energy, right? That symbol, regardless of what I tell you it is, it embodies the symbol and the energy of the divine feminine, of the intuitive knowledge and wisdom. So, so in that way, you know, the, the divine feminine that is um, displayed in so many traditional um, churches and cathedrals um, is still inherently the wholeness that is the divine feminine. And and when we remember that or when everybody remembers that, you know, there shall be like, okay, now you remember. You caught up. Yeah. <laughs>
2: symbols, symbols. have been here se- all along. <laughs> symbols that were selected so long ago were based on the vibration of the symbol. And right. you can't just redefine that with a, stroke of the pen, you know, you can say well, this is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost who's also a guy, but you know, we'll call him the Holy Spirit um, you can say that all you want, but like you said, the symbol's the symbol and just like rune, rune symbols and things like that, that people woo, what is that? It, it's because it's, it's in there I think, innate to the drawing itself yeah, yeah it's, it's absolutely, and, and,
3: and some of the, some of the aspects of Mary that aren't necessarily celebrated or haven't been. I shouldn't, I'm i not going to say aren't because things are changing so fast now that I think people have really come to appreciate these, these aspects of her, but that haven't in the past been celebrated are her strengths, her resilience, her wisdom, her insight, her ability to teach and to heal. Those were, were aspects of the divine feminine that were left to marry, but were played down in the teachings of the church. But as you said, they're still there. Mm-hmm. The only thing that they tried to remove completely was her sexuality. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that, because without the sexuality, there is no birth of anything. Right. The unification of, of the male and female is is a divine process. It is a gift straight from God. It has never been and never will be any other way. The indigenous people knew that, our ancestors knew that, and we are coming to remember it. And we are learning to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a it's a process that's been taking place over the, the last certainly in the last five years, it's been really like speeding up the awareness of of these little connections that that we were for so long unaware of. And it's fun to watch. Oh, my goodness, is it ever fun to watch. That's why I love my job so much.
4: (laughs) Right, Right. and I love,
1: and I also love teaching along with this and learning and experiencing, um, you know, along with this shift from a dominant patriarchal system to a balanced system where the feminine and the masculine are both celebrated and valued. Um, And we've got that wholeness that, that along with that is this journey from living in a dualistic world where there is right or wrong, good or bad, to a non-dualistic world where everything is divine and everything exists to support us, even when it may appear to be um, you know, tragic or hard or, um, or an a obstacle in your life, that those things are actually good too. So, so along with all of this with the story, um, it's, it's that this was all meant to serve us. The whole this whole process, the whole journey, the contrast that we've experienced throughout history is all there to serve us and to um, encourage us to grow and expand. And that now it's it's like we're just we are getting that moment where we get to take a step back and observe it in its in its holistic nature and then really choose where we want to go moving forward. And that is what is so creative right now is that you know um, all the rules have been broken, right? And um, and women, I was just writing something for a corporate client that I created a, a mural for. It's a um, very popular kind of natural beauty company. I don't feel like I, I don't want to say anything because I don't know what all the you know protocol is or whatever. But but I I wrote in there that that the, the beauty industry is really about recognizing the divine feminine and that, you know, we've, we've proven that we can follow all the rules, that we can, you know, come alongside, play in any arena, and now is the opportunity that we're being given to make our own rules, right? To, to really, it's not just about, oh, I can do anything you can do. It's like, and, and I've got this whole other idea, whole other way of doing this, right? that's just as valid. And now we get to explore that. So, um, that is tremendously exciting. And as a mother of two daughters and a son, um, you know, what an amazing time for young women to really understand that they, they have access to their fullest personal expression. However, that manifests for them, you know, um,
3: it's also it's also a really exciting time for young men as well. And mm-hmm. and one of the things that and we'll talk about that in just a second, but one of the things I wanna highlight that you said is that we now have an opportunity to look back on the places we've gone with appreciation. Yes. For the growth and expansion that it has gifted us with. Without fear, without anger, without judgment, no pointing of the fingers and, and the placing of blame, but rather just the, regra- the regaining of new ground, really. And that's all it's about. Because it's it's not about looking back and going, oh, we did this. We're so ashamed. It's about looking back and going, yeah, we probably shouldn't do that anymore. Right. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a very casual, casual glimpse. And and like you said, it's the making of a choice. to, yeah, like, we played that game. Let's not do that anymore because we're tired of it. Right. And then that allows us to, to jump into a world where, as you mentioned before, men are appreciated for who they are. Because the, the thing about patriarchy, which people don't seem to quite grasp, is that it is, has done as much disservice to men as it has to the women. Yes. They have been placed in this this role that they didn't really want of being the strong, Protective, silent, I don't hurt, I don't feel emotion, I will always be the rock individual. And that's not fair. That's got to suck. So now we have an opportunity to raise up young men to be whoever they feel they are in the moment. That they don't have to hide their emotions. They don't have to hide their, their weaknesses. Because they're not really weaknesses, are they? They're just, they're just part of being human. And if we can look at that and appreciate that and not point our finger and judge and say, aren't you supposed to be tough? You're a man. Then, then doesn't that allow them a certain freedom to explore who they really are? And that's what we're headed towards. That's the goal. And right. So give it them
1: is. permission to it's do what they want to do rather than what they should do.
3: What yes, they're supposed exactly. to do. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it becomes, like you said, all about, all about balance all about the the mutual appreciation of the respective roles that we play in each other's lives, be it male, female, 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 male, male, whatever it may be. We all play a role in the lives of the people that we share them with. And so why can't we be allowed to play those roles authentically?
1: Right. And this is where the creativity comes in because it's like we're being given this blank slate right? We're being given permission, like, okay, so, you know, if the traditional um, male role model is not working anymore, what do we want that to be? And then, and we get to create that. And the fear comes in when people believe that the structures that, and the paradigms that have been there are safe, or that's the way it's always been done, right? And it makes them nervous. The, our minds, our physiologically, our left brain, for example, is physiologically programmed to resist any and all change. It will, it will, it will um, encourage you to stay in any known situation, even if it's you know painful or or um, complicated or whatever. It will, it will always choose the known over the unknown. That's the left-brain logical mind. And so when you access that creative, the right hemisphere mind that thrives on creativity and change and the unknown and the blank page, you know, um, then with that balance, then you can take steps forward and and recreate and pick what works and what doesn't work and and do things totally differently. Um, But that's one of the first ahas that, that a lot of the people I work with have is just recognizing The fact that that part of our, you know, Carl Jung called it the unconscious, the conscious mind, you know, the ego that is just there to protect us. And again, it's not a bad thing, but when it's the only voice that's consulted, right, it's protecting you from anything different. So when we take a step back, we're able to recognize, okay, well, this maybe I need to be protected from, but not any of these other hundreds of things I can do. I don't have to protect myself from... Taking a new class, or you know, inviting someone new out to coffee, or, um, or going to that retreat, or that trip, or you know, having that conversation with that person, you know, those are things I don't have to be afraid about. And then they take new action, and uh, that is such a joy to be a part of.
2: Yeah, because it is. It's a. It's it, it's it's the right brain that that is not. Filled with fear, looking at the blank slate, yeah. but instead is filled with visions of well, we could do this or this or or that, or and if we don't like it, we just paint over it. And, just, and because the the ego mind, the, the 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 you know left brain, um, for all of us right-handed engineering types, it it is it's mm-hmm. it's uh, Elohim likes to say, uh, Veronica Torres likes to say um, that the survival instinct will choose familiar suffering over the unknown 10 times out of 10 yeah. <laughs> just every time because you know, yeah, it sucks, but it didn't get us dead. So we'll stay there. You know,
3: <laughs> and, and... I always yeah. love that. I'm sorry. It makes me laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> well, it's just, it doesn't it sucks, pass, the... but we're not dead. So let's do it. Let's anyway. do it some more.
2: Yeah. But it's so true. Uh... You,
1: and you see it manifesting, you know, we've all experienced that and, and, and I will say, as you know, like you said, Rich, when you were, you know, it's it's left right brain, it's the logical mind, intuitive mind, it's the physical self, the spiritual self, you know, it's the duality, right? And, and as long as you're tapped into um, a dual world where there is a right or wrong, there's going to be the known and the unknown, and and you're going to naturally resist the unknown, and that's that's okay, like that's all good. But um, how much more fun to be aware of that and conscious of it and then get to choose when the known serves you better and when the unknown serves you serves you better or when to be able to, um, to open up and to, and to realize that, that it's all good, <laughs> that there is really right. nothing to fear. And that's the non-dualistic approach is um, so exciting, so exciting because it it makes everything have potential and hope, and and gives everything, everyone permission to create, you know. And you, you recognize, again, right back to the canvas, you know. When people call me over, you know, in a in one of my in-person workshops, and they're like, oh, it's not working. I can't do this, you know. They're putting all this judgment, right? And um, and it's inevitably fear-based because they don't want to do something wrong. They don't want to be laughed at. And when they're making those declarations of everything that it's not, there's no creative energy there. So so first what changes is how they're talking about it. And I say, what do you want to happen? Oh, well, I want you know this to be thinner or fatter, or this to be more colorful or brighter. Okay, now, now we can create. We can move with that because you're telling me, what you want, not what's already there that you don't want. Like, tell me what you want. And I love, there was a class in Nashville then and I had a very familiar group because, you know, that's where I um, lived uh, and opened the art center and everything. And so I had a lot of people telling me what was wrong and what they didn't want and what they didn't like. And I just kind of stopped everybody and I said, all of you, do not tell me anymore what you don't want, what you don't like. Tell me what you want. And I was like, wow, is that not like this huge truth, right? And you realize, and this is, I've done a lot of um, work and writing around this lately, is how our minds naturally, once we think of that thing, you know, that, that goal or that imagining something that we want, how easily our minds slip into the regular reminding us of all the reasons why it probably won't work or what we're going to do when it doesn't work, you know, it's like we immediately go to the worst case scenario rather than spending time imagining what we want, you know, how do I want to feel in this situation? And, um, and we do that on these very subtle, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky ways.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Very creative that we're,
1: we are. Very, we're so creative <laughs> in how we give ourselves permission to worry and, and Create disbelief around our potential or our abilities, rather than than looking ahead to what we want and imagining it as even more wonderful than we could imagine. Right?
4: Um, it's it's
1: incredible and and so simple. You know, it's one of those uh, or simple but not easy
3: uh, category. Right? Watching, right. Watching right. your Absolutely. thoughts. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it like you said before, um, you called it a practice. And it is. It is an everyday kind of thing that you have to continually be aware. Right. I like to, I like it to comes,
1: say
3: it. That... go ahead. It, it ju- I was just gonna say that it, it, it just gets easier the more you do it. It just becomes second nature.
1: You know, I have a friend, Keith um, Kaye, he creates these amazing fractal energy mandalas and does um, fantastic energy work. And, and he has um, a, an analogy of, of our life, or our life, lifetimes, as an eternal, energetic, spiritual being, as like being at a water park, right? So each slide at the water park is a different lifetime. And so when we're at a water park, we don't pick, and they, they don't even exist, right? Like kind of this slow, really just shallow slide that just gradually gets lower and lower until you just kind of end up in a pool, right? And it's just if there's no yeah. rush or anything. Like all the slides are, you know, like the darker and more twisty and loopy-loop and, and and scary, they can make them the better, right? And, and those are what we're attracted to, like, ooh, I'm going to go on that one, it'll freak me out. And and so that's that's like our life. Like we don't pick the story that's going to be just, you know, the same thing day after day and play it really safe. Like we come here to learn on an emotional level. So we, we come here for the loop-de-loops and the, the contrast and the dark places and the sticky places so that then we can also experience the light places. And at the end of it, we all end up back in the pool at the bottom, safe and laughing and high-fiving and, you know, and then – Just when we think, oh, I'm never going to do that again. It's like, oh, let's go try that one. (laughs) You know, that one can be. I I just love that analogy because I love water parks, of course, and roller coasters and things like that. And I would never go to an amusement park that was just, okay, everyone just sit here nice and soft and just sit all day. That will be.
3: And be safe. Be safe.
1: Be safe. Be safe. safe. yeah, it's like, no, we go through the thrills and the, and the highs and the lows and the, you know, the stomach up in your throat and then getting off and realizing that you know, it was all fun. And, 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 I, and I just love that. I think of that a lot. That we, choose, we choose the contrast. We choose um, the opposites and, and the obstacles so that we can learn and expand and remember in spite of it all that we're here to have fun and be joyful back to our beginning. <laughs> of and our interview. More
2: as, as Bill Hicks said many times, it's just a ride, people. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just a ride. Don't, exactly. You know, it's easy to forget that. You know, you've been here in the amusement park for a while. You forget. It's easy to forget that. But, you know, it's just a ride. And when it's all over with, we're all going to get off and tell stories and we'll run around and get in line again. You, yeah. say, you know, it's <laughs> <you know, laughs> just a ride. What? You say, ooh, that one's taller and faster. Ooh, they'll go over there. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: And I love uh, that. I love
2: that. So it is. It's a, a a fun game. So you must tell us because I'm sure that everyone is convinced by now where they can find more information about you cuz, you know, they're all ready to let, right. you know, life be the canvas of their soul.
1: Exactly. I love that. Yes. Well, um, you can find me and lots of fun things to do and watch and join at whitneyfreya.com and it is F like fun, R-E-Y-A, okay, so WhitneyFreya.com, And um, you definitely, I have on right on the homepage, of course, the opt-in and you get access to a lotus flower painting workshop that shows the step-by-step of how to paint the lotus, which, of course, is a um, wonderful sacred symbol to bring into your space. It helps you create amazing bloom and blossoms in the muck. You know, so when you're experiencing mm-hmm. the muck, you create some lotus flower energy to help you turn it into a bloom. Um, I have a wonderful interview I did with Flora Bowley, who is a creative goddess, and um, and then there's lots of fun in that 21 day painting meditation challenge, is accessible and free to everyone as well. Um, when you go to the website, so, um, so just get over there, WhitneyFreya.com, and have fun exploring. And contact us if you have any questions, of course. And um, and I just encourage all of you to 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 really you know think of life as art, right? Imagine that you're the artist, and and then you have you know these full color days, and and that Eric Carle book, right? You have blue days and red days, and then and then you can create the change you desire. You really really can. And and if that feels uncomfortable to say, like that's not for you, that's simply because that that artist within has not been given the airwaves and you are being given full permission to um, expand into your intimate creative self. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Become Rick.
2: creatively fit. Yeah. A little creative fitness. Some, some spiritual push- push-ups? No? Oh, just, just kidding. <laughs> it's not like that, people. Really. It's, yeah.
4: It's creatively all, fit. It's, it's all awesome. connected. Yeah. Awesome,
2: awesome stuff. And what a synchronous synchro ride and, and journey
3: oh yeah so, so nice
2: My nice over there
3: so nice of the the goddess freya to drop by and and speak a little confirmational truths <laughs> <laughs> can't wait Just to your for book. the completion of my book what? oh my goodness Thanks. oh my goodness you're gonna laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh ah it's too fun
2: much mm-hmm. much fun too fun all right, Absolutely. so again, it's, it's... And for our
3: listeners, um, well, hold on, just before yeah, we get going. Yeah. Go before our, for our listeners, uh, you, you want to find out about the release. The release date is June 1st, and uh, you can stay updated and sign up for, for the newsletter by going to nickinorlach.com. That's N-I-K-I-N-O-R-L-O-C-K.com. That's it.
2: Wonderful. Big countdown Woo. clock and everything, big super launch. Much fun. Yeah. And, um, of course, stop by our our website at everydayconnection.me, because it's all about me, uh, no matter which one of us me's is reading that. And um, you'll find the archives of our shows. You'll find an archive of this show with all the links uh, to where you can find Whitney and all about her work. And, um, and some 375 hours of fun chats just like this. So... Check all that out. Sign up for our mailing list there, too. Uh, Join us for our morning show weekdays uh, on the Flow Cooperative, most weekdays, almost all. And, And certainly join us for our next expansive conversation. But until then.
3: To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected.
2: Have a great now, everybody. Join Gene and Rick again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates. Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection.